0: Lock Talk Radio. Do you solemnly swear that you will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic,
1: that you will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that you will take this obligation freely, without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that you will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which you are about to enter. So help you guys.
0: Congratulations. You're now members of the one hundred and
1: fourteen. I'm certainly not going to be three and a half minutes at this point and I had some notes but that's what I usually do when I get up the notes go away and I try and speak from the heart. I've been watching this and it's very frustrating and first let me say there's no one that should go without health insurance. I have a daughter who has a disease for which there's no cure, none whatsoever. She will be lucky to live to her late 20s, so it's critically important that there be a method by which we get some help to pay for treatment, not only for her, but for every child out there and every human being. But aside from that, I go to the gym every morning at about 6 o'clock and I work out with my colleagues on the other side of the aisle and on my side of the aisle. The camaraderie is extraordinary. We joke with each other. We help each other in the weight room. We spot each other. We talk about our families. We even talk about politics, but it's civil. And I would really like to see the whole floor, see how we operate, and the American people, to see how we communicate with one another in that gym in the morning. And I'm asking that every person be civil. We've been called, Republicans have been called, Nazis, terrorists, people that don't want to take care of children and seniors, and that's wrong. We can have ideals, we can have a belief, but we need to be civil about it, and we need to give an example and show an example to the American people that we're adults, that we can have different views, and that's what a democracy is about. But we don't have to make it personal, we don't have to grandize it to get attention, to call names. So I'm saying to my colleagues, I'm reaching across. I have not done that. I will not do it. I will criticize my colleagues if they do it. But let's use this moment to show to the American people that we can have a dialogue, we can have arguments, but to keep it civil because when it's all, the dust is settled, America is going to be better for it and Congress is going to be much better for it.
2: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to AJC Radio, spotlight on Capitol Hill, where we bring the message of justice all around the world. And I don't know what's on your menu tonight, ladies and gentlemen, maybe a turkey pot pie, some roasted chicken, perhaps a half dozen biscuits down south. But I'll tell you right now, here in AJC Radio, we have a humdinger, and the menu gets better every time. Tonight, we will be featuring... Congressman Tom Marino from Pennsylvania making a difference across this nation. And what you heard there is just the tip of the iceberg. Hang on, folks, to your seat. Agency Radio ascends upon our nation's capital for Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday. Hang in there. We're coming right back at you. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Lamont Banks, along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, and William Williams. And good evening to you from all of us and also the AJC Radio team as we get ready to take off on a journey. And that's to our nation's capital in regards to Spotlight on Capitol Hill. And Lisa, uh, as you and I uh, uh, talked earlier in regards to our interview live from Washington, D.C., with congressman marino this is a man of the people uh your thoughts on uh, congressman tom marino
3: well congressman marino he is one of the most friendly and down-to-earth congressmen i believe i've ever met he's just he's just he's just one of regular old guy just one of the i mean he's i haven't met anyone like him i don't think in all our time i mean we've met some we've had some really good interviews with some really great people he's just the most down-to-earth and just it's like one of the guys. It's, what are, well, it's what your neighbor next door.
2: I'll tell you what, when we were there, Lisa, it was summertime, wasn't it? Um, uh, at least the weather was a little bit more decent. It was November. November, not too bad out there. bad out there. And I'll tell you what, as I said to Congressman Marino, it sounds like we're at the barbecue kitchen, uh, having some barbecue at the kitchen table. Absolutely. Uh, that's the type of conversation that we were having. And, uh, folks, I'll tell you what, pull up a chair tonight, and uh, it's as- absolutely informal but very much uh, informative, if you will, in regards to the information, the battles, uh, Lisa, Cliff, William, that this man has gone through his on this outside of Congress, his leadership, his aggressiveness to fight and to bring about change, Lisa, even addressing personal uh, issues in, yes. in his life. Yes, yes. Um, what a great man. And tonight, folks, it doesn't get better than this. And we, send, we tend to say that every week. Uh, <laughs> and it keeps getting better and better. Folks, he made a point, uh, Lisa, William, and Cliff at the beginning. He said... Members of Congress have been called terrorists, uh, folks that don't care about senior citizens. They've been called everything that you can think of in the book in a negative way. AJC Radio started this initiative back in June of last year, Spotlight on Capitol Hill. The objective is, is that we believe the American people have a right to know the true men and women who are sacrificing, and it's not, Lisa, as it appears, in other parts of media, about these members of Congress, is it?
3: That's right. That's right. You see a lot of you hear a lot of negative, a lot of personal negative uh, slaps about different people. I mean, you get a lot of things going back and forth with people saying what they want to say, and th- things that people just have their their opinions that are out there of who these people are, and they really don't know. They're just spouting uh, their opinions, but they don't really know who they are.
2: And they really don't. And uh, again, you know, our hats off to the members of Congress. Uh, the elected
4: officials, and uh, Cliff, you had a comment on that? Yeah, I think what uh, most Americans don't understand is how hard the members of Congress work. I mean, we've been in D.C., and, you know, you, you see them up on uh, East on C-SPAN here and there, but when you go there and you see them working until the wee hours of the night, they're voting at 10 o'clock Eastern time or midnight Eastern time, and then they're back there in the morning Seven, eight o'clock, preparing for another vote, and that's what we are trying to trying to do here on Spotlight on Capitol Hill is make the American people understand that this is what Congress does, this is what they go through, this is how they spend their days. is not just you know getting on television and saying something in front of a CNN uh, you know anchor every once in a while. They do work there in Congress, and I don't think the American people even understand how busy their schedule is.
2: No, they don't. And, uh, again, we've we've walked in the trenches uh, on Capitol Hill and walked those halls of Congress. And I'll tell you, uh, there's a lot of work going on there. There's a lot of efforts being made. uh, And you're going to learn all about that tonight with Congressman Tom Marino as we shine the light on Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday. Uh, And I'll tell you what, it's going to be a humdinger. So hang in there with us, folks. And uh, if you want to call into the show tonight and have some comments, we welcome that. Uh, Call in 347-838-8976. That is 347-838-8976. And uh, feel free to call us, folks. We'd like to hear from you. Uh, You know, if you you have thoughts about the the show tonight and just want to have your voice heard, every voice is important here uh, on AJC Radio, and we appreciate that least um, Lisa, the disclaimer uh, for the folks.
3: Yes, just want to remind everyone that we're not attorneys and that a just cause does not provide any legal advice. You want to contact your personal legal advisor for all of your legal needs. Also, the opinions expressed by callers and guests do not necessarily reflect that of a just cause or AJC Radio. And as always, we want to thank you for tuning in and choosing to spend some time with us this evening.
2: Thank you, Lisa, for that, and uh, uh, we appreciate that. And uh, folks, again, this is going to be a good show Uh, Right now across the country, if you're wondering how the elements are faring across the nation, uh, right now in Washington, uh, D.C., 46 degrees, not too bad, mostly cloudy, 37 degrees and cloudy in New York City. But right here in uh, the Rocky Mountains, Colorado Springs, 47 degrees and partly sunny. And, of course, in L.A., 63 and sunny. Uh, So some different temperatures out there. Uh but folks we we appreciate you folks joining us and we appreciate all of our listeners and we thank you so much for sharing some time with us. Um uh, moving on to the next uh topic, the other night, uh Lisa uh we highlighted a story uh regarding Jasmine Lima Marin. Yes, yes. and the her husband, uh Renee Lima Marin, was sent back to prison uh after serving ten years uh he was out for six, complied with parole, got off of paper is the term they use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he then, him and his uh, fiance at that time said, we're going to wait until you're totally out of the system and we're going to get married and start a family. They actually did that. Uh, and as a Bought thief, a home. Bought a home, yeah, Lisa. Um, beautiful children, beautiful looking family. Go to com and you can actually see the picture of the uh, Lima Marin family. And, Lisa, as a thief in the night, their life was taken. Yes, it was. Uh, And I don't mean that physically, but in every sense of the word, they came in with ten officers dressed in black to take this man back to prison and said there was a clerical error involved. Uh, And some mistake was made. And we have found through our research and what we have done that the prosecutor in the case uh, actually who became a sitting judge went out of his way to look up this man and see what was going on with him. And again, that sounds like a vindictive motive.
3: Absolutely. uh,
2: Because I'm sure you have enough work to do in your courtroom to not worry about a man that went away 16 years ago.
3: That's right.
2: Um, Pulled him up and gave the order that he be taken back to prison. Uh, We did also have Patrick Maguero, the attorney for Mr. Lema Marin, uh, who is fighting to set this man free. And, Lisa, when you think about this, and I'll tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get involved, there's a petition for his release. Over 300,000 signatures have been signed on this petition asking for his release, uh, and they, are, they intend to seek uh, clemency or pardon from the governor, and that is Governor Hickenlooper. And if any of him or his staff is listening tonight, we ask that the governor take seriously uh, this situation, uh, there have been people who have been, and, and this is the truth, who were in, in prison for murder. Murder, rape? Rape, everything. That, And I know the governor pardoned a couple of people that I know of that was in for murder after 20 years. This man went into a video store. He admitted that he did wrong. He was 19 years old, nothing but a kid went into a video store with an unloaded weapon and demanded money. How in the world, after 10 years served, do you send him back for 89 years? That
3: is absolutely unheard of. That
4: is uncomprehendable. And the thing that really gets you is you say, you know, you look at the so-called justice system in America and it's supposed to be about transforming people's lives, re- rehabilitating them, preparing them to go back to society. And when you look at René and you look at who he became when he got out, that he understood that you know the mistake I made when I was 19, I, he fully owned up to it. And you listen to any of his interviews, he fully un- uh he fully owns up to what he did. He's yep. sorry for it. But this man came out and became a viable member of his community. He reached out to children. He, was a, he, he played a role at his church. He coached kids. He was I mean, a father. Wow. I mean, he became the model citizen, and not just a model citizen for his community, but also he became the poster child to what can happen. After prison, sure, sure. And you take a man like that, where the, the prison system should, the state of Colorado should have said, look at the transformation in this man's life, but instead they go and they wrestle him back oh. and say, we're going to put you back in prison for another 90 years. It's totally insane.
2: Well, well, well the problem is they don't care. That's true. See, it's That's not true. about rehabilitation anymore. No, not at all. It is about housing cattle. That's what it's about. And making money. And making money you might as well get a, uh, a group of cattle, house them in a, put them in a warehouse and say, OK, graze for yourself. We don't we're not worried about whether you live or die. Just get, this. This is what America has come to. This is what the state of Colorado has come to, that when a judge makes a statement to a man who has made the change that he's supposed to hold up and honor the oath that he took to make the statement, he had no right to get married. He had no right to buy a house. He had no right to start a family. What gives anybody, any human being the right to say such nonsense and craziness to a man who has proven? Which when you sit on your bench in their courtroom, you tell people to get their lives together. You tell people to do this and to do that. Then you have a prime example of a man that does it and did exactly, complied with parole. Let me tell you something. In the state of Colorado, complying with parole, complying with the halfway house and the rules and the regulations that are put on inmates is unreasonable. This man came out and did it perfect. Perfect. So, ladies and gentlemen of America, if you think this can't happen in your city, your state, think again. The the American justice system has lost her way And unless we stand up Unless we fight and say you know what This cannot continue It may be your brother Or your husband taken from you Or your wife taken from you Ladies and gentlemen this is about getting involved We ask you to go to AJCRadio.com And, and, and you'll have a link there That you can actually go out and sign the petition For the release Of uh, Mr. Rene Lima Marin And we ask you to do that At least any closing thoughts on that as we move on
3: just to everyone who can i mean if you have any kind of heart or any kind of feeling whatsoever, if you look at that story, there's no way you're not going to be compelled to sign that petition and and do your part and whatever you can do to try to help to make that happen because it's it's unheard of it's just it's a horrible injustice they're doing to this family, and we have to do everybody should be doing trying to do their part,
2: and that's the bottom line and uh uh, Jasmine, if you're listening tonight, uh, and and Mr. Uh, uh, Maguero, our thoughts and prayers are with you, your family, and we'll continue to seek justice as we do here on AJC Radio. Going to some current news right now, and William, you and I talked earlier, if you know anything about football here in America, uh, there was a gentleman by the name of Lawrence Phillips. Uh, now, my understanding, William, he came out of the uh, uh, Ohio, is that correct? University of Nebraska. You, it, was, it was in Nebraska. It was uh,
0: in Nebraska. Nebraska.
2: A very, very good football player. I remember following him and actually went into the NFL. Uh, We give our condolences, Send our condolences out tonight to his family. Uh, Will, you want to go ahead and share with the people what happened here?
5: Well, as of um, it was reported yesterday that actually he was found unresponsive in his cell. So uh, many people that follow that you kind of pointed out had uh, Lawrence Phillips was facing uh, new charges uh, in regards to his cellmate actually being uh, murdered. And so uh, he was actually facing that, and now they found him uh, unresponsive of apparent suicide. The thing here that really kind of stood out is that uh, they have no, the corrections officers had no, or it says here, did not say what lead, led them to believe of him committing suicide. So he was just found
4: unresponsive.
5: In uh, in the prison.
4: But that's what they say about everybody who dies in prison. Well, if you died in prison. He committed suicide.
5: Yeah. Well, see that I, the reason why we we brought this up is because most people don't realize, and and the and the nature of this show, the reason for this show is shining spotlights, you know, on on the environment, on the on the prisons, and saying, right. you know, what what kind of environment these guys are actually in. Right. It's, so.
2: No, no, no. Without question, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you think that prison is a and 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 uh, William he was lo- he was at what prison? What state was that? Do He you, you was you... actually in
5: California. He was in he was in. Um, I just saw it here. Said for it a second said It was a maximum facility. It was a it was a level four maximum security prison in California that he was he in. He was in Kern
2: Valley, Kern Valley, state, Valley state,
5: state Prison. prison. That's state, it. state Prison.
2: And I get, folks, I guarantee you, it's not a picnic in any prison you go to, let alone uh, in in the big cities, California, Chicago, places like that. But prison is prison, and the threat of life on a daily basis as an inmate is very, very real. Uh, I'm not going to speak to what caused his death. I don't know the details of that. Uh, I think it's a tragedy uh, that our justice system, and this is just, it is what it is, and the statistics show it. Uh, Prison is a place of desolate measures, desolate location. It's a place where hope is lost, which tells us that the way our prisons are ran is not the way they should be. Um, if somebody's in prison uh, what desperation cry do they make to the point that they feel like I've got to take my life because I there's no hope there's, because it's not about again it's not again it's not about rehabilitation right it's no incentive to inmates to do better or to try to do better you know why it is a it is a dogmatic oppression that resides in prisons across this country well
3: well I think those
5: are questions that have to be answered well, I, and and just to bring up that I mean to to look at this point it says right here, it says that prison houses 4,100, 4,171, 4,100 inmates. Wow. And was designed for a capacity of 2,400. So they're over wow. 170%. So well, you're talking about, you know, packing them in there. Well,
2: and you're talking about people upset, people's tempers, everything you can think of that happens behind the wall happens. Uh, and lockdowns and, and humiliation and different things. Uh, you can read more about that, folks, uh, on any news network. CNN.com has the story about the death of Lawrence Phillips. Our condolences go out to his family, uh, any siblings that may that he may have had, his mother, his father. Uh, our prayers and thoughts are with you, and we're sorry, very very sorry for your loss, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up here on AJC Radio Spotlight on Capitol Hill, we take a trip and a journey to our nation's capital. We're going to bring to you tonight a live interview uh, that actually took place there. Uh, me and uh, Lisa Stewart had the opportunity to talk to the congressman. Very, very nice gentleman, uh, folks. You know this man. He knows he's been everywhere. Lisa, we said before that all Americans have have trotten, if you will, uh, and he has he has walked some places. A uh, old, former factory worker. Uh, yes, he actually <laughs>
3: he came up he came up like most of us came up working.
2: Absolutely, and uh, I tell you, he has a connection. Uh, with the American people and what's going on, and again, that interview, excuse me, is, was a a a, call, a a pre-taped interview that we had with him a few weeks ago. Uh, we're going to get to have the opportunity to hear that, share that with our listeners, folks. Hang in there. Uh, right now, it is 6:20 uh, here in Colorado. About 8:20 there on the East Coast, and in California, it's about 7:20, I believe, if the if the uh, geography is right. 5:20. It's two hours back. Forgive me for that, folks. I uh, haven't gone into weather, uh, being a weatherman yet, but I will give you the, the facts as I see them. Folks, grab something to drink, uh, maybe some hot chocolate. Temperatures seem okay. Maybe when we we'll get a glass of lemonade and perhaps something else to have with that. We're coming back here to AJC Radio where we shine the light on Congressman Tom Marino. This is Spotlight on Capitol Hill. Hang in there. We're coming right back at you.
3: do you anyone who's been sent to prison who's innocent? The United States is experiencing record numbers of exonerations in cases where people were wrongfully convicted of crimes they did not commit. If you believe that no one should be sent to prison for crimes they didn't commit, there is something that you can do today. By remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause at 855 855- or visit a-justcause.com and click the donate button a just cause is a 501c3 wrongful convictions are wrong let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall
0: Hey guys, I'm Jordan Sparks.
3: I'm Chase Crawford. Hey, what's up? It's Usher.
0: Hi, I'm Rachel Dilson. I'm Hayden Christensen. I'm Peyton Manning. Hey, we're Fallout Boys. I'm Deirdre Chiletta. I'm Corbin Blue. I'm Kristen Bell.
5: And we're the Jonas Brothers.
0: Do something good for your community.
5: Reuse bags and bottles and always recycle. Help us collect a million pounds of food.
0: Help people prepare for natural disasters.
5: Do something about homelessness. Anyone could be a rock star in
0: their community. So then do something. Do something. Do something. Do something. Do something. Visit do something.org to find out how.
3: I've been getting mixed messages about women and violence. I need a little clarification. Uncle Bill, how am I supposed to grow up to respect women when I have such lousy role models?
5: Boys are never going to approach you.
0: Can you help me reshape my attitudes towards women?
5: You need to teach them that violence against women is wrong.
0: Can you imagine spending 20 years of your life in prison for a crime you didn't commit? Neither could I, until I got the opportunity to portray Betty Ann Waters in the film Conviction, telling the real story of how she freed her brother Kenny. Sadly, what happened to Kenny happens far more often than you might expect. But together, we can stop it. Please join me in helping the Innocence Project fight injustice. Go to innocenceproject.org to make a donation and get involved.
2: And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. I'm Lamont Banks, along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, and William Williams. And tonight, spotlight on Capitol Hill, we shine the light on Congressman Tom Marino. And we have been overwhelmed, William, with the information on, Mr., uh, on Congressman Marino. What a great individual, uh, a man that has fought back from some serious uh, challenges, if you will, in his life. Uh, and still managed through all of the challenges that he has had to endure to shine as a beacon of light in our nation's capital on Capitol Hill. And uh, your thoughts, William, on, on Congressman Moreno, we're just going to just kind of give a little teaser out there to the folks. Uh, give us a little bit about your thoughts about the congressman.
5: Well, I, I really thought, you know, like, like my colleagues here, you know, he's very impressive. I mean, he comes from, uh, you know, very much a blue-collar family, working Pennsylvania uh, and learned that, hey, you know, to better myself, I'm going to have to do some education. I'm going to have to uh, really, really invest in me. And so now he's turned around yeah. and, and invested in the community. He fights for a lot of issues. He's very diligent um, and really champions a lot of causes. And I think that's, that's the great thing about him. He is a working man's congressman, you know, so he understands, you know, what a lot of families have gone through. It, you know, so you can come to him, you could talk to him about. Situation that you're facing personally, and he can relate to that. Relate to that, and yeah. I
2: think uh, William, good point. Uh, uh, we talk a lot about the relatability, if you will, of members of Congress. Can they relate to the constituents? And uh, being Lisa and Cliff, when we we're on there on the Hill in, in Washington, we make the statement very clear: no matter what office we go into, I call myself their constituents because the decisions and the things that they do on the Hill do not strictly affect the districts in which they come from that's right these are laws that affect all of us as the american people which he he made very very clear in his interview and we're going to get into that interview momentarily we want to pause for a moment uh and give our condolences to uh senator tim scott uh his grandfather passed away uh this morning um at the age of 94 and our condolences go out to to the to senator tim scott and his family uh, we wish you the best in recovering from such a loss, and our prayers and thoughts are going to be with you on that as well. Um, also, uh, going forward, um, Lisa, we had an opportunity, and I don't want to get into it until as we get into this show. Um, uh, some of the some of the congressmen's uh, one of the congressmen's uh, daughters. Uh,
3: yes, yeah, his daughter Chloe
2: is is, is and you heard in the beginning of the of the clip, folks. If you missed it. Says that there's a chance she may not even live to the age of 24, I believe, Lisa. He
3: he stated. Yeah, she's not expected to last very long.
2: Uh, And so, as we get into some of the legislation, uh, I believe there, Lisa, Lisa, there is some legislation uh, that currently is active right now that that is being put in place in regards to research, uh, as far as uh, and even promoting the. Uh, I believe there's a hospital. We're getting more into that after the, you, you folks have a chance to hear the interview, but where they're pushing for information and education about uh, the different things that happen as a result of these type of, of illnesses that take place, uh, the things that can affect a household in such a negative way. And, Lisa, when we met Congressman Marino, you never knew that he was dealing with anything other than doing the people's
3: business in Washington. No, not at all. You would never know he'd had... That he, he had his own personal tragedies that he's dealing with, with his daughter's health, with his, with his own personal health, with having been a three-time uh, cancer survivor. I mean, having cancer hit him three times, and he's still going. Well, You never would have known that he'd been through all that. You me, never would have guessed it. I mean, he's not lagging
2: around like, oh, my God, I can't move. What am I going to do? He walks in the
3: office. Hello, folks. How
2: you doing? He's upbeat. Uh,
3: he's an he example. He had more energy than I did.
2: <laughs> so... That, that, that speaks to the character of the man. And ladies and gentlemen, we all face challenges in our lives that uh, are to make us or to bring us to a point of strength and courage. Uh, we have seen that, Lisa, with Congressman Marino. It is, oh, it is unbelievable what we observe yes. uh, in his office. And, and we, we give a very special thank you so much to Congressman Marino for allowing us into your uh, office there in D.C. and talking to us. And right now, folks, hang on to your seats. We're getting ready to take you to that interview, which impacted me and our colleagues here in a very, very good way. Let's hear what Congressman Tom Marino had to say. Congressman Marino, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. Just call me Tom, please.
3: Sorry, so, sorry, sorry. <laughs>
1: you told us that before. Yeah, <laughs> I
2: apologize. Uh, out of respect, uh, uh, Congressman, that's why we address you as that. Uh, I, I appreciate
1: that. But around here, when somebody hollers, Congressman, 435 people turn around, thinking they're the only <laughs> one in the hallway.
2: No, I got you on that. And I appreciate you taking a few minutes, Ryan, has expressed to us uh, in regards to uh, the voting madness on Capitol Hill right before the nice Christmas holiday. So thank you so much for taking a few minutes with us. Uh, we you had bet. to finish with the other recording. So we'll just uh, get started. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of America, tonight... We have Congressman Tom Marino, and he has uh, admonished me uh, to address him as Tom. So you will hear us, uh, and that's in no way of any lack of respect for uh, the Congressman's hard work on Capitol Hill. And Congressman Marino, we thank you for joining us, and uh, happy holidays to you and all that good stuff. We'll get that out the way. Um, First of all, Congressman, uh, we have talked a little bit uh, in regards to Spotlight on Capitol Hill shining the light on what you've done. Uh, we, we had the privilege of being out there in Washington, D.C. And, and meeting you in person, and it was a real honor and our privilege to meet you. Uh, tell the American people a little bit about what motivated you uh, to step into public service at the level that you are. What was the thing that drove you to get involved in this and where you thought a difference could be made?
1: Okay, to make a, uh, a long, boring story short... Uh, I worked in a factory until I was 30, Uh, worked my way up to mid-level management, started sweeping floors, but uh, was overlooked for a promotion because I didn't have a degree. So two weeks after my 30th birthday, I went to, started school, and uh, my wife and I got me through college and law school in five years, and most of my career has been a prosecutor. I was in private practice for a few years, but... I was a, a, a state's attorney in Pennsylvania, and I was a U.S. attorney with the Bush II administration. And I did corporate law for a while, but that was the pay was good, but the work was boring. And uh, I'm just tired, and I'm am I'm was concerned, and still am, the direction in which the country is traveling. So I decided to put my money where my mouth is and get here to D.C. and try to be one of uh, a group of 500. 35 people that should be doing something to improve the quality of life for all Americans.
2: Oh, no. And uh, I'll tell you what, you're definitely uh, stepping out and doing that. We understand uh, as well, Tom, you are a member of the Judiciary Committee. Is that correct?
1: Yes, Judiciary, Homeland Security, Foreign Affairs, and I'm vice president of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization Parliamentary Assembly.
2: Okay. And uh, we have. We found we had the opportunity to uh, discuss some things. And we were talking before, uh, Tom, in regards to accountability uh, in our judicial system right now as members of Congress uh, are looking for judicial reform, prison reform, criminal justice reform, all of those things that seem to matter so very much. Uh, As you've seen some of the things happening across our country uh, over the last several months, uh, really over the last year, As we reflect on 2015, uh, how important is that a directional change happens in our judicial process and holding uh, members of the judiciary, uh, not members of the judiciary committee, but uh, workers that work in the court in the judicial system, holding these people accountable that has created somewhat of this spiral out of control, if you will, of our overcrowding in prisons and all of these things and prosecutors maybe not doing what they should do. How important is that a directional change happen And happened now as we uh on the uh brink of a new election and a new president of the United States.
1: Yeah, you know, that is uh a strong ethical, uh, moral judicial system is is the linchpin of our society. It's the backbone. And I hold law enforcement people, uh judicial people to a higher standard than just mainstream America, because we need to be setting an example, and, and a very high example of what justice is, what freedom is, and uh, what our role in a civilized society is. So as a prosecutor, that's probably the most important job I think that any person can have, because. You, you have the, you have someone's life in the palm of your hand. And I always looked at it and made sure that my assistants and that my investigators looked at it as if they were investigating, having to investigate or prosecute one of their own family members, one of their children. And I think you start to take a little different approach. You know, I had a professor, my mentor in college, uh Say to me after I got elected to district attorney, uh, my job was to seek justice, and that's what we're supposed to do: seek justice and stability.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I and I think and I, and I think that point, uh, Congress. I mean, Tom is well taken uh, because I, I believe they are at a set at, should be at a at a at a higher standard, if you will, and held accountable because yes. Americans Americans look to these folks. As the leaders of our judicial system, and if yeah. fairness is taken out of the equation, as you allude to here, well, we might as well throw out the Constitution and everything else for fairness.
1: And, right. We uh, are. Go ahead. We are. We are the defenders of the of the Constitution. Law enforcement, the courts, we're the guardians of the Constitution, and uh, we have, we enforce it, but we enforce it with wisdom. And if there's a, if there's a prosecutor out there who is prosecuting to make a name and career for himself or herself to further their career, they should not be a prosecutor. They should not be a judge because the judge certainly must be impartial. And as I said just a few moments ago, the prosecutor has to make sure that they seek justice and not revenge or vengeance.
2: And that, that is so very important. And I, I agree with you, Tom. When you start bringing that uh, into courtrooms, it's not like going into a corporation where you have to uh, have the fire to negotiate or the fire to make things happen, whether you're you know, competing with another organization or the company. If that sets into the judicial system, uh, which is supposed to be a separate whole moral, like, as you say, issue of ethics and morality and justice, and it becomes big business. When our judicial system becomes big business, we have a major problem.
1: There's no, there's no, doubt about, no doubt about that. I, uh, I I always refrained from discussing any investigation that I was having. There would be media would say, I mean, I understand that you have this investigation going on, or I understand if you have that investigation going on, and I simply said uh, I don't discuss what investigations I may or may not have because what happens on occasion there can be an investigation. And an arrest but then eventually you may find out a prosecutor finds out wait a minute there is no evidence here to prosecute this individual and we are all innocent until proven guilty by a jury of our peers or by a judge so just the mere just the mere statement that someone is under investigation already puts a a, a target on their back they're already ostracized Even though they're acquitted, or even though the charges are dropped, people will still look at that individual and say, you know, he was arrested for this, or she was arrested for that, and there was no conviction. So that's why I was very cautious about not discussing that stuff. And when there was a conviction, uh, I kept it very minimal. Uh, And because it wasn't, you know, something, it wasn't a thrill for me to put people in jail. It was a very heart-wrenching thing to put people in jail because I only not only had to deal with that defendant, those individuals, but their families as well, and the victims as well. So, you know, there there are no winners in this, this whole scheme. It's just that we are here to keep order, and we have to do it as wisely as possible.
2: No, absolutely. And uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, uh, Tom, in regards to your role, uh, as a member of the House Committee on Homeland Security. Uh, and, and I'll ask you this question. Based upon the talk everywhere at American uh, water coolers, at lunchtime, in restaurants, at the kitchen table uh, with the family, is the threat of ISIS on the homeland. Uh, this is something that was just conversation so, several months ago, and they were targeting uh, international folks in the Middle East and doing what they're doing. But now they are making their way to the United States. And yeah. your thoughts, uh, Congressman, as you are on the House Committee on Homeland Security, uh, says here, you, you make the statement, I'm dedicated to ensuring that the lives of Americans are protected in the United States and abroad. Uh, yes. How important right now is Homeland Security, as we saw do over the summer, even the threat of the DHS being shut down uh, for funding, how, where are we at as a nation when something that is so important – in our country to protect our children and our grandchildren that we, that it's even on the table that they're yeah. just even at the threat of being shut down. How, how concerned should we be as citizens?
1: Uh, that, that is, uh, there should be actually even no talk about that. And, and most of that is, is political in nature on both sides of the aisle. So I'm going to sure. get up and statement politically without considering, what the ramifications are going to be, well, considering what the public's going to think about this, there is, uh, I'll be the first guy to stand in line and say there should be absolutely no reason that we should shut down any law enforcement agency, only in security or otherwise, but more importantly, we shouldn't even be talking in that context because, you know, uh, uh, when people start hearing talk like that, uh, they don't understand what goes on in D.C., they think that what some people do think what we do here is gospel, but uh, it's it's irresponsible to even suggest that because it starts people to worry and it and it starts to panic. So we, we should just completely stay away from that. And and many times the media doesn't help us on that either because they want a juicy a salacious uh, line or two, and they will uh, they will start running with well it's t- uh, there's going to be a shutdown. Homeland Security will be shut down. And even if there is a slowdown in the government, I would—I'm one—and have stood in uh, uh, and and voiced my opinion that out of all the agencies that exist, there are several that have to continue to operate just out of national security and homeland security oh. and justice are just you know a couple of them.
2: No, absolutely. And uh, I'll tell you this: and, and we are respectful, uh, Congressman. If you have to go, I understand things are going. Please uh, interject and let us know. Uh, we're not, not going to keep you too much longer. A question on a personal matter. Uh, we see here that uh, this is back in uh, 2011, uh, becoming part of the, uh, I believe it's the uh, Kidney Caucus. Uh, yes. As, and uh, tell, tell the folks a little bit about that. We see here uh, a two-time survivor uh, of uh, of kidney cancer. Three
1: times, isn't
2: it? Uh, three, is its it three times? I'm sorry, Lisa. Was it three sure. times,
1: Congressman? Yeah, three times. I've, I've been lucky. Uh, Talk to the folks of what
2: Pushed you, and I I think it's admirable That 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 is, tell the American people A little bit about that
1: Well it's not only the kidney uh, uh, Cancer aspect, it's it's Dialysis that uh, many People uh, cannot afford And I don't like to even Hear the fact that Someone doesn't get medical treatment because they can't afford it. That's ridiculous. Uh, if, if there is someone in this country and the people in this country that, that can't afford health care that I get or that someone else gets, then we as human beings, we have to take care of those people and see that they get the same good quality treatment as that I have been getting. And I was diagnosed in 1999 with kidney cancer and uh to make a long story short uh in 99 they took out half of my left kidney and then it came back in 2009 so they took the rest of my left kidney out and then in 2012 it came back in my right kidney so i'm dealing with surviving sure. on one half of one kidney but you know thank god it's that's that's functioning and so i'm out there working to uh make sure that the national institute of health gets money for scientific research and uh, I'm out there uh, making sure that all people have access uh, to dialysis, whether they can afford it, and, and transplants. And uh, there was a girl in my district that uh, uh, needed a transplant. And there was a controversy about it because they were saying, Del, she was uh, too young to receive an adult kidney and we went to bat, uh, several of us here went to bat. Uh, we were starting to propose legislation because I know from my experience that, uh, believe it or not, even uh, there can be what's called a partial kidney transplant. So if if a small child uh, uh, needs a kidney or a liver uh, and there is one available but it's only from uh, an adult donor, uh, the science and technology that we have today can utilize uh, one kidney or, or, or one liver to, to help uh, two people who need who need transplants or three people who need transplants. And finally, we got that squared away.
2: Well, that's awesome. Uh, and, and, and Tom, I'll tell you right now, and ladies and gentlemen of America, make no mistake about it. Uh, given what Lisa and what the congressman is talking about in regards to what he is personally. Um, talking about what he's personally engaged with is amazing. That the fight continues, yes. and unless you would have told me, Tom, that you were dealing with this outside of looking it up online or whatever, your spirit, the human spirit in Tom, uh, in Congressman Tom Moreno, is out, is over
5: the top. Yes, it is. Because absolutely. you would never
1: know it. I had, uh, you know, my, I came from a lower middle class family, and I, uh, my, I, learn, my father and mother taught me a great deal. But I've been lucky in my life. I mean, if I, I I hate to put it this way because some people think it sounds too morbid, but if I drop dead today, I have lived a life better than 99.9% of the people on earth. And we all have our crosses to bear. I have a daughter. My children are adopted, but I have a daughter who has cystic fibrosis. And that's a disease there's no cure for yet. And I'm pitching hard out there. For children with CF, that we continue uh, the research, and we can do that. And these two of the biggest uh, uh, goals that I have in, the, in this country is making sure that we have a well-funded, a well-operating healthcare system and an education system. Uh, two two critically important. Uh, uh, Issues that are at the top of my list, because without either of those, what kind of life would we would we have so we have to focus on education and focus on healthcare. and If I can throw a little pitch out here, so, uh, people should uh, take into consideration if you can if you can pick pick a uh, an organization, pick a healthcare organization, cancer or children 's and if you can if you can find uh, somehow to contribute time or resources. But here's something else that I'd like people to consider. Donate your body organs when you pass. Get it on your license. Fill out a card. Most states have a, if you, you can put it on your license, and you, people don't understand how many lives that they will save once the good Lord decides to take them, but how many how many other people will live children, adults, just by donating their organs their eyes, their heart, their lungs, their, their liver you name it. That today science uh, can work miracles. So please consider being an organ donor.
2: Well, oh. and I'll tell you this, Congressman Marino, th- we're going to go a step further here at AJC Radio, and Ryan can get the information of the organizations uh, that you are uh, actively. Uh, a part of we will do public service announcements on doing our program uh and and we'll put it out there exactly what you just said have uh ryan put together something for us uh those organizations that are passionate to you what we he'd like us that psa to focus on we would say to our listeners ladies and gentlemen congressman tom marino is about this we want to give you an opportunity the importance of donating organs uh you know, and have that set up to save the lives of others, and we will run that continually, Lisa, uh, yes. on uh, doing our program and to our viewers across this nation. And we will also post something on our website uh, that speaks to that issue as a way of giving back and appreciating Congressman Reno, what you are doing. I think it's, it's about us coming together, Lisa. Right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Okay, does that sound good to you, Congressman?
1: That sounds great. It's just you know something we elected officials. Uh, primarily we elected we need to check our egos at the door and we need to focus on one thing and that is improving the quality of life for Americans and also around for people around the world and nice. wow that's that's awesome. you know
2: what I said it once uh, um, uh, Tom, when we were there in Washington uh, perhaps in getting you on the ticket as we are looking at the Republican national uh the Republican debate last night. I think what you what you speak to, Tom, is uh like, hey, I must I must have hit comedy hour on the show. That's 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 not gonna happen, huh? No,
1: no, no. Let's uh, let's get this job done first. Uh this unfortunately uh some people have turned Politics into uh, late night entertainment. Uh, Absolutely. And 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 on uh you know it's okay. There's sometimes where you just need to laugh about something or you'll be you'll go crazy.
2: No, I agree.
1: But I'm serious about this. Check the eagle at the door. And you know one thing that I am pushing uh, among other things, very hard here in D.C. Are term limits. I think we need term limits in the House and in the Senate. And after 12 years, get out. There's always somebody coming up behind you that's just as smarter, smarter, and has just as much fire in the belly. Give someone else a chance. Give the younger generations a chance to get in and, and mold policy and contribute to improving also the quality of life.
2: Well, that's excellent. And when I, the last statement I'll make right now, uh, Congressman Marino, uh, in respect of your time, uh, we understand that you are working. Uh, with uh, Ryan had shared with me and working with another a fellow congresswoman uh, in regards to the youth uh, some youth movements going on there we, we, we're, we're extending an invitation uh, for you folks to come back together uh, on yeah. our show yeah. next year are you open to that so we can uh, get oh, that well, message sure.
1: yeah my uh, and so she's my next door neighbor uh, it's Karen Bass an African American woman from California who was by the way the first Female Speaker of the uh, House of Representatives in the state of Washington, and and Karen and I chair the the uh, uh, co-chair the Foster slash Adoption Caucus where we want to get people to adopt older children that have been in foster care for for a long time. Uh, I'm a foster care parent myself. It was a big brother, uh, and uh, yeah, Karen and I just you know we have a mission, and we have such uh, respect for each other, that we don't look at each other as a Republican or a Democrat. Uh, we look at two people that are driving to protect the interest of our children and to give our foster children a loving home, a permanent loving home.
2: Wow. Congressman Marino, I'll tell you what, at this time of the year, there's a shortage of halos that are going out. I'll tell you what, you actually must have one. Already assigned to you and your family for the things that you are doing, uh Lisa gives you goosebumps
3: and makes you feel
2: really American at this time of the year uh, that's awesome and uh yeah
3: that's you, it's great things that you're doing that you that you're working towards it's really It's really admirable to see the things that, that are important to you that you're really fighting for and working for
1: absolutely well, if, people, if people would if people would see that i what I have seen over my career as a prosecutor. Uh, what I have seen as uh, as on foreign affairs and homeland security around the world and in this country, the way some people have to live and what they go through, uh, that that is, uh, I, it's not a pretty sight to see. But I wish every American could see it because I know their attitude would change about complaining about how bad they have it and not and realizing quickly. Uh, there are many other people that have it a thousand times worse than they do. So we need to keep that in mind.
2: Well, oh, that's awesome. And uh, Congressman Marino, I'll tell you what, we're looking forward to having you and, and Congresswoman uh, Bass yeah, yeah. Uh, on our program. Please make that happen as soon as you're ready. We'll be ready here at AJC. We'll have you folks call in, and we will get that message out uh, to the American people in regards to the. And that I think that is so critically important at a time when people are wondering who cares uh, about those that are hurting and those that are less fortunate, and I think that's an awesome uh, thing that you're doing right there, and we appreciate that. Last last statement, and I'd like you to just comment. As you look at the Republican uh, uh, um, candidates, if you will, uh, last night again saw that interview. What are your thoughts, uh, and you don't have to commit to anyone, what are your thoughts of the necessary things that we need to see, at least to restore trust uh, and and belief, if you will, in the American people on those who are attempting uh, to be become the next president of the United States. What do you see with those current current candidates that we have?
1: Well, well, first of all, I have not watched a single debate, and I'm, I refuse to do that on on either side. Uh, okay. There'll be enough time. That's a you know, there's a lifetime, but you know, we need somebody who can look directly in in, in the camera and look in, in into America's eyes and tell them. From the heart, this is what I will do to the best of my ability to improve the quality of your life. That's what we have to do. We have to be able. Do to, to, we have to be able to uh, reach across the aisle? But my position has always been: I will reach across the aisle halfway. I expect the other side to reach across the aisle halfway as well. But if we if we just make decisions based on how it will affect our own children, our our our, our family, you would see many things be uh, uh, accomplished around here differently than what they are. But we get this political scheme in our mind, and yeah. we go off the deep end. So I'm hoping, and that uh, whoever the candidate is, whoever becomes president, a Republican or a Democrat, I hope they have keep this one thought in mind: what they're they are a servant. To the people of the United States and it's their responsibility to see that uh, they improve life for people in the country
2: well that's awesome congressman thank you so much uh, Tom for taking some time with us today a very Merry Christmas to you and your family uh, our thoughts and prayers uh, go with uh, I believe it's Courtney isn't it isn't your 19 year old daughter adopted daughter Is her Chloe, name Courtney? Chloe. Yeah. I'm sorry Chloe. My, my mistake <laughs> on we wish you folks the best in the holiday season and uh, we are honored as always to, to speak to you uh, we We may be in washington d c in the next couple of months i 'd love the opportunity to sit down with you again. We do have some information congressman i 'm going to send out to you uh, in regard uh, to your uh, regards to your statement you made in regards to accountability. We have a uh, postage child case that you may have some interest in if that 's okay we 're going to forward that information to your uh, staff sure you.
1: sure and, and I have a nice little anecdote to tell you because my daughter, who will be she didn't now. Last time we talked, she was she. She's almost 21, and she has a boyfriend. And Dad is having a real rough time dealing with that. <laughs> so that's well, a different. whole new, that's a whole new issue in and of itself that we'll discuss. Well,
2: you gotta have him over for Christmas dinner and, and and do your do the interrogation there at the around some turkey and ham. How's that sound? I've
1: I've already begun that process. Believe me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Congressman, take care. Have a good holiday. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We look forward uh, in our endeavors together in the year to come. We appreciate you so very much.
1: Thank you, and God bless. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.
2: Okay. And ladies and gentlemen, there you have it.
1: Lisa, Congressman
2: Marino, wow. Uh, you know, doing some things in in spite of his current situation, and we're finding that what he's doing, he's using his current circumstance that motivates him
3: to yeah. reach out
2: even further to make a difference.
3: Yeah, it pushes. it's like it, it pushes him along. It keeps him going. It keeps him moving. And some people would stop as a result of their circumstances. But he takes what's going on in his life and his personal issues and tragedies, and if you want to call them such, And he's using them to continue to move forward and strive for greater things.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in Pennsylvania, you definitely got it right in sending Congressman Tom Marino to our nation's capital to make a difference. And he's doing just that. And uh, we'll be right back. Spotlight on Capitol Hill, where we honor tonight Congressman Tom Marino making a difference in our nation's capital and around the world. We'll talk to you soon.
4: Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are all courtesy of the heroic men and women of the United States military. They give so much, and they ask so little. I'm Joe
2: Bontania.
0: I'm Jack Scalia. I'm Nick Searcy. I'm Bonnie Jill Laughlin.: I'm
2: Scott Elrod. Please help me thank our heroes by doing something.
1: Donate your time, talent, or gifts to groups and organizations devoted to our troops
4: and their families. Visit a veteran's hospital.
0: A smile. A hug,
4: a shoulder, a handshake, or even an attentive ear goes a long, long way. Quite simply, give.
0: They'll sincerely appreciate it.
4: And it just might do wonders
0: for you, too. Remember, freedom isn't free. Freedom isn't free.
4: Freedom isn't free.
0: Get involved. Give back now. God bless America.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, can I ask you a question? Did you know that there are over 2.4 million people behind bars in the United States? I'll ask you one more question. Were you aware that that is the highest number of people behind bars in the entire world? The United States makes up of only 5% of the world's population, but we have over 25% That is a just cause, and we fight for justice. Again, call a just cause today. Don't delay. Call 1-855-529-4252. It is time, and I say high time, that we take America's incarceration seriously. Won't you join us? Call today.
0: Not only does texting while driving significantly reduce your reaction time but you are also 10% more likely to leave your lane this commercial was 30 seconds that's all it takes to avoid a senseless tragedy
1: I want to thank you all for being here mr. Tamarisi to you and to your family uh, from my family we pray for Andrew daily. And Chairman, I ask unanimous consent to enter into the record a letter that I wrote to on, uh, that I dated July 10th of 2014 to the Ambassador of Mexico to the United States of America, respectfully asking for the immediate release of Sergeant Tamarisi. To have this letter unanimously entered into the record without objection, ordered. I did not receive a response. Uh, again, ma'am, my staff and I will assist the chairman in any way needed or any way in which he requests to continue to work on the release of your son. As uh, Lieutenant Commander Williams said, you and your son. And veterans deserve more, have a right to more, and we need to see that that is accomplished. I apologize for how inappropriately you have been treated, and I apologize for the inappropriate level of concern by the White House. I'm truly disappointed in that. President said on numerous occasions he has a pen and a phone and he can do what he wants. So at this time, Mr. President, I'm asking you to use your pen and your phone that you so uh, continually tell the American people that you're going to use. I'm disappointed that you have to be here today, ma'am. I'm disappointed that vets have not received the appropriate care that they should be receiving in this country. And the president needs to step up and show you the proper attention.
2: Well, wow. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday. Well, tonight we have shined the light on Congressman Tom Marino from Pennsylvania. And I am at least, I'm at a loss for words uh, about the man. Congressman yes. Tom Marino.
3: Yeah, he, he um yeah.
2: Go ahead. I'm sorry, Lisa.
3: No, I'm at a loss too, Lamont.
0: <laughs>
2: you know, folks, we say all the time on this program that there are champions of justice, champions of the human spirit. Congressman Tom Marino William fits the mold. Yes, he does. Of a humanitarian. Uh We tend to show honor to humanitarians. These are people who impact the world uh, as a result of their conviction, their moral compass, if you will, to do the right thing. Meeting Congressman Tom Marino and hearing, ladies and gentlemen, that interview tonight, William, what does that leave you with? I mean, it's a sense of seriousness in the studio tonight, folks, but... You, you stand at all Do people exist That truly care about their fellow man Congressman Reno shows that
5: Yes he does And he's, yes, he he's does. not
2: showing it in, in any type of talk
5: Well it, it really started with him it, it, During that interview it started with him From the foundation his family He right. said his mother and father Raised him up with these values Even when we are reading through the information about him He said his dad was a janitor And also a farmer a firefighter. So he comes from a very common place. You no, know, it's a place of struggle. It is a place of fighting. It's a place of appreciating what you have in hand. And see, you you can take that experience and you understand the value of life. And that's what this man has. When he said at the end of it, he said he's lived a life better than ninety nine percent of the world. All right. I mean, you've got to understand what he's saying. He says, listen, life is not about things. It's about the experience of living and living with a family, the appreciation of love and wife and children. Basically, he's saying, you know what? I work so others can have what I have and appreciate.
2: That's awesome. And he goes further. Congressman uh, Tom Marino, and I quote, says, I worked in a factory until I was 30, and I knew what it was like to work paycheck to paycheck, to stretch a buck. I was sweeping floors in a bakery Worked my way to middle management And by 21 got married and had a mortgage uh, Life has a tendency of growing you up uh, Congressman Marino Has done the, the, the His dad was a janitor uh, Society may frown on that But the character that's built And what we hear from Congress, Congressman uh Tom Marino Cliff uh, Is a sense of Not entitlement a sense that he understands His constituents He understands the American people He understands the health issues And the struggle He said it's pitiful That no one can get health care Because they, don't, they can't
4: afford it or right. get, This is the core and the fabric Of this nation
2: Your well, thoughts
4: on that clip uh, One of the things that he said That really stood out to me Is he said members of Congress Need to uh, you know, leave their ego at the door and yeah. and come in with the resolve to say, I am here to work for the American people. And to hear a member of Congress say that, I mean, sure, we as the American people say, hey, they they need to leave their ego at the door and do something for us. That's yeah. what they're there for. But for him to make that statement and to understand that we are here to serve our fellow man. no, right there, Cliff, I want you to say that. It,
2: he said, "You are here to serve."
4: That's exactly what he said. Go ahead. We're here to serve the American people. It's not about, and he said even when he was a prosecutor and and he talked about judges saying it's not about increasing your career. Right. It's not about your name and in in life. It's about serving your fellow man. Oh. And without that mindset, without you know taking that position. Then nothing gets done because if everyone is about themselves, then no one really gets help and and to hear him say that and not just say it, but you you hear the things that he says on the floor i mean talking uh speaking up for for this this young man who's incarcerated in in Mexico yeah speaking about those uh like you said that cannot afford uh you know medical insurance and just everything that he talks about saying look i'm i'm a poster child for for a person who should be down and out but he takes that channels that energy yep. and says uh i've had he's had at least three surgeries for cancer and he but he continues to run and push on and say i'm here to serve my fellow man i mean this man you wow. you talking about a uh you know a candidate for a spotlight Um, Well, yeah, he is right here. This is a poster towel. spotlight on Capitol Hill. (laughs) (laughs) We
2: made the statement as we joked a little bit uh, among ourselves, Lisa. uh, You know, you see somebody with this character, uh, you immediately think we need him as leader of the free world. Yes, Uh, we say that often. I've said it to Congressman Rangel. I've said it to Congressman uh, Hank Johnson. I've said it to a number of people as we. Continue on this program, Spotlight on Capitol Hill. Give the American people a real look into the person. Right. Yes, yeah. the person. These are human beings folks. They feel pain just like you do. That's right. When he made the statement, Lisa, about his daughter um, Chloe. Yes. Uh, that may not live to twenty-four. Um, and to say. To still have that, you know, dad and daughters first, you know, boyfriend coming home, and that's the stuff that happens in families and in America. And he's laughing and he's jolly and he's yes. upbeat and he's optimistic and he's, ladies and gentlemen, this is who you need in Congress, and we need to mold other, uh, if we had the capability to clone, Congressman Tom Marino. And many of the people that uh, that we have have come in contact with that are making an impact in this country, and I am I'm overwhelmed, Lisa, with his demeanor, with his courage, yeah. with his perseverance uh, to make a difference, to go to Congress. He said, "Well, I might as well throw my hat in." And Lisa, I think you shared the story. I think we were with him, and he said how he was sitting on the couch just. Yeah, he was yelling at the
3: TV and he he said he would throw his pillows and everything at the TV, getting angry with the news and people saying crazy things. His wife said, "Why don't you put your put your money where your mouth is? Quit talking about it, do something." And he, the next month, he ran for Congress.
2: Absolutely, and uh, folks, uh, what an education this has been, and and an eye opener, if you will, Lisa, Cliff, William, of our members of Congress. Uh, It'll make you get out on your knees sometimes and say, you know, pray that that we keep the leaders of our country uh, in our prayers for the enormous responsibility laid at their feet uh, to make a difference. And uh, Lisa, you you noted earlier, uh, as far as the the cancer situation, I mentioned in the interview um, that uh, he was talking about the Kidney Caucus. Uh, Congressman uh, Marino serves as co-chairman of the Congressional Kidney Caucus. In order to educate members of Congress about the importance of health and the government's role in research, funding for rare diseases. In addition to his role as co chairman of the Congressional Kidney Caucus, Congressman Reno also serves as co chairman of the cystic fibrosis caucus. Tom also has teamed up with his close friend, colleague, congressional office neighbor we talked you talked about this lisa congresswoman karen bass yes uh, our intention is to sit down as, as you heard in the interview yes, with the both of them
3: together um,
2: and the initiative of being a foster child yeah. and how many runaways in our country that go down horrible paths because they don't happen to get placed uh, in the right home and there's abuse there uh, what an outstanding vision and purpose we talk a lot of times in life william about a person having a purpose
3: uh Congressman Marino is fulfilling his purpose.
5: He is. He is. He's, uh, that's that's awesome.
3: He's you know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, go ahead, Lisa. But you know what, guys, when I look at uh <laughs> I look at uh Congressman Marino and I think about I mean you look at his life and the way that he the way that he that he grew up, the way that he lived, he he had, he's gonna relate more to the average working American citizen than a lot of people in Congress. I mean, this man—he like he said—he he, by the time he was 21, he was married, uh, with a mortgage, and he said he believes wholeheartedly in student loans because he wouldn't have made it through college without student loans.
0: There you go. He
3: got, he had student loans that paid his way all the way through college. He paid them all off in nine years. But he—he said he I wouldn't. said I wouldn't. He said would never vote for anything that would uh, diminish student loans because he couldn't have made it. He wouldn't have been got through college without
2: them. Well, Lisa, this is why William, this is why Cliff, why life experience has is is of such great value uh in in achieving and accomplishing what Congressman Marino has done and what he continues to strive uh to do. Uh, at least he told us in the interview when we were in D C uh in regards to working uh sometimes twenty what I mean twenty six, thirty hour days yeah. uh at the factory. Well folks, if you ever worked in a factory, uh that's no easy task. Oh no. Uh that, that is some uh, that is some that is definitely some work involved. So uh folks I'll tell you right now, uh, this gets you a, a, a real good feeling of America, in my opinion, that uh that makes you feel at least optimistic that people sitting in Congress uh with the conviction, with the thoughts of Congressman Marino, and we believe that does you know, uh it becomes uh what do you call it, contagious uh, with other members of Congress, say, man, there's something going on there in Congressman Moreno's
5: office. Right. Well, I think it goes back to also what you said grooming, you know, grooming others to come up and, and place him, you know, others to take on and champion causes. And I think that's why he said, you know, listen, you know, let's put term limits on. You know, if you can't get it done in 12 years, step aside because you're not going to get it done. And so I I'd really look at a lot of what this man has done is because of his foundation. It's because of the way he was raised. One of the things that really kind of caught my eye was when, as the chairman of of the Congressional Foster Youth Caucus, yeah, you know, one of the things he says here, he says every child deserves to grow up healthy, safe, and and loving home. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And it, but he goes on this because he understands that his foundation having his foundation has made him who he who he is. So he says knowing, uh, knowing that a child grows up in a stable home, they are more likely to succeed as adults. So he understands that foundation. He understands that having those parents there, having some morals, having people there to help you, support you, love you. These are things that, I mean, no matter what we talked about tonight, it's come, basically come from his family. Be it his own health crisis. He said, "You know what? I had a lot to live for. I have, I have children, sure. you know, and then his daughter, you know, right. and and so it, it continues. And his children are foster children, correct? His children are adopted. He adopted, yeah, adopted. adopted them. So, yep. so, so all these issues are hitting home for him. So he's, so he's obviously looking in the mirror saying, listen, if it's hitting home for me, it's got to be uh, his others.' So it goes back to what
4: you said, Lamont. No, oh,
5: absolutely. You know, they're not just championing issues with their constituents." They're actually champion issues for America, for America. Right. And I think
4: that's the important uh, aspect of of uh, of the spotlight is that you get to see who the man is before he's a member of Congress, before, you know, he was whatever political uh, role he played before that, before that. Here is a man, a father, a uh you know, a hard worker, a factory worker. Right. Someone I mean, this this man knows what it means to come home with a backache from work and then have to get up the next morning and go out and do it all over oh, again. Yeah. And that speaks volumes to the sure. American people to say he is who I am. He goes out, he works hard, his money he earned his money, and now when he's in Congress, he takes that mindset sure. and says, Now I'm gonna ensure that your hard earned dollar stretches as far as it can
2: and to your point of correction ladies and gentlemen uh i don't want to get the factory congressman marino worked for in any trouble for violation of labor laws uh <laughs> that uh that he worked 21 to 30 hour days there's only 24 hours in a day uh so folks what well, the point is and uh uh forgive me for the uh, will i correct that now uh 12 14 hour days uh uh, we don't want to get the factory in trouble. Hopefully, they're doing good in business there in Pennsylvania. Uh, so, a correction on that. But yeah, to your point, Cliff. Uh, you know, you don't know how it is till so you get down in the in the trenches and understand what it means to, like he said, I, he lived paycheck to paycheck. Right. You know what I mean? I got, I'm waiting. You know, I need to get some gas in the car. I got to put a dollar fifty-two bucks in there to get me home. Uh, these that, that happens in America. Yeah, it does. Uh, I was one of them. Uh, pulled up and put a dollar fifty, trying to get, uh, uh, get from my to my next destination, folks. The point being, Congress to have members of Congress say, "Look, man, I've been there. I understand what that means," you know. Uh, that means something. That's a related, That's how you can relate to the American people.
3: Well, Lamar, he even went as far as to say, when we met with him in D.C., that he thinks every member of Congress should have to work in a factory for at least a year. Before they that. come in there, Before they come to work on that hill. <laughs> no, work, I mean, go to a factory and work. Know what it feels like. Get out there and know what it feels like to break your back in the factory.
2: And then when folks show up at your door on Capitol Hill, you feel a sense of, of a need to reach out.
3: That's right. Because
2: you do understand. I'll tell you what, folks, we've had many folks on this program, uh, on Spotlight on Capitol Hill, Lisa, and I said it before, I'll say it again. They seem to keep getting better and better. And uh, what a delight. And we intend to sit down, uh, hopefully, with Congressman Marino here in the next few weeks to come uh, and get some things going that yes. need to happen. And uh, I'm so very grateful to, as, as we say all the time in this country, the children are our future. He is reaching out to the hurting. Uh, you know, it's not about. And, and everybody in America, there's somebody hurting. There's somebody suffering. There's somebody with challenges. There's somebody with an issue. And Lisa, for him to do that, coming again as William stated, he was a foster child. I believe that's what he stated. Uh, he grew up in. He, he grew up or adopted, I believe, is what he what he mentioned. But he grew up in a situation. Go ahead, William.
5: No, his children. I believe that's correct. He, yeah, he, he actually, wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't adopter. adopted, but he was saying that his children are foster children. from, from his, his personal brothers. experience. And yes. he was a big brother, so that he you under, he you understands go. that. There
2: you go. Thanks for the correction on that. Uh, but as a big brother, I, I grew up with the big brother program going on. Uh, that's when somebody kind of adopts a, a kid. Is that right, William? They they kind of not adopt them, but they go spend they time take with them with him his, under their wing yeah. and take and, them out yeah. and, and make them feel like that they're loved, they're right. appreciated, and uh, what a what a unique man here that yes. is willing and all of these attributes and things that he has gone through and we talk about tough times make you stronger. Yes. Uh, Congressman Moreno through the tough times he's an inspiration. Uh, he was an inspiration, Lisa, to me and you. And we, we were just like, wow, yes, what's going on here? But something happens inside of a person. Uh, again, as we talked earlier, that the purpose begins to be fulfilled. And, uh, and folks. Congressman Marino, uh, William, he has a lot of bills that he currently, uh, uh, and and, and Cliff and Lisa, that he's currently doing things. Uh, I know he said he wanted to make it where funding was set up, uh, where folks could have money uh, for research. I think he said he wanted to set that up so they could do research on different diseases, different illnesses. Um, And uh, Congressman is not known for wanting to get money for issues like this. But Congressman Marino is actually doing that. Yes, he is. On one of the bills... Uh, it, it believes the Review Act of 2015 says requires a federal agency to postpone the effective date of high-impact rule pending judicial law. Permits such a rule to take effect 60 days after it is published in the Federal Register. If no person seeks judicial review of such rule during such period, defines a high-impact rule as any rule that Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs determines may impose an annual cost on the economy of at least $1 billion. Uh, he co- that was co-sponsored Lisa with Bob Goodlatte. Um, different things to call people accountable and to give uh, different options available in situations uh, like that. Uh, but he has so many uh, different bills that he works on. Uh, Lisa, we talked earlier in regard to the Chronic Kidney Disease Improvement in Research and Treatment Act of 2015. Uh, different things that deal with Social Security, Medicare, all these things, and the chronic kidney disease uh, is, of course, is when there's just chronic it's It's just really a, a bad situation. It's not something that comes for a couple of months. This is cro- chronic yeah. care yeah. uh and that requires a that requires some serious money William
5: yes, it does I mean you're talking about a lot of money to research you know, and then also you know on the research side of it, sure. you know what he's saying, but also you know how he's looking at the fact that a lot of families are going to incur costs absolutely that's you know so so he's dealing with the big issue, which is health care and the cost of health care, and that these families, the families that he's caring about, like us, right. that are saying, you know what, these people are struggling to make ends meet, period. So now uh, now all of a sudden they've got these added health costs. Their loved one, who's probably the breadwinner, are, are contributing, you know, is now, you know, may suffer a little bit. They may suffer and might not, might not be able to make it to work. So the household is being impacted. So he's looking at a lot of things like this, you know, and, and I well. Go, okay, ahead. Go, ahead. No, go ahead, William. No, so I, I – you know, I mean, but he's also looking at other issues. I mean, from Homeland Security, he's he's dealing with issues there. He's also dealing with regulatory reform. He's got a lot of things going on.
2: Well, on the, and on the previous one, the Chronic Kidney Disease Improvement and Research and Treatment Act of 2015, 51 co-sponsors, 32 Democrats, 19 Republicans. Speaks to Congressman Marino being able to reach across the aisle. That's right. Uh, that's awesome. I mean, and right. this is something you have to have an ability to work with others yes. to make things happen, definitely, in Congress. And you got 51 co-sponsors to say we, we are behind you, 19 Republicans, but 32, and Congressman Marino is Republican. Yes. So 32 Democrats jumped on board on this. Almost double his own all, party. All, he almost double his own party. That's awesome. Yeah, it speaks. It speaks to his leadership. That is that is outstanding. And folks, the list goes on and on what Congressman Marino is doing. Um, and I'll tell you, uh, it's it's affecting every part, not only of, of what he strives in Pennsylvania uh, with his constituents. Folks, the list continues to grow about what Mar- Congressman Marino is doing. On the other side of the break, we're going to come back. We're going to get a little bit deeper into some of the things uh, Congressman Marino is doing. And also, uh, have an opportunity to go into what you didn't know about the RP6. We'll be going into that as well. Folks, hang on to your seats. And as we come back, Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday, I'll tell you, honoring a legend there on Capitol Hill and someone that is making a true difference across this nation, Congressman Tom Marino. We're coming right back. This is Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday.
0: 18 and sold drugs for money didn't want it to live on the high
3: ran away with drugs in my pocket open cops would catch me no place to go all I wanted to do was
0: steal drugs collected money and burn. I had no hope for nothing at all didn't care for anything or anyone
1: Incarcerating people, alternatives to prison,
0: like community service, drug treatment, and rehabilitation, cost us less and can turn lives around. It's time to say justice.
5: pitches teaching him to hit a home run, spent countless Saturdays running routes so he could learn to hit an open receiver, endless afternoons teaching him how to hit the three pointer, but how much time have you spent teaching him what not to hit? Teaching boys that all violence against women is wrong is one of the most important things a man can do. Learn how to start the conversation at teachearly.org, brought to you by Futures Without Violence and the Ad Council.
1: You know, I hear constantly when we're on the floor with bills that uh, sometimes are bipartisan, sometimes are not. The president said he's going to veto, he's going to veto. I hope that's not the case, because when it comes to saying one is going to, the president's going to veto, and actually doing it uh, are two different things. I hope the president uh, works with us on this. And again, we uh, extend our hand across the aisle here and on the other side of this Capitol. To simply say to the regulators, this bill does not want to regulate the regulators. It wants the regulators to use common sense, get input from the American people, the middle class, the people who create jobs, the small businesses, to see what they have to say. You know, when I, I worked with a factory before I went to college and law school, I worked my way up to uh, mid-level management, and when we did things... I brought in everyone, the people that even worked the machinery, and we talked about things and we, and we resolved many, many things, but we got input uh, from everyone. And as far as uh, letters from people who uh, support the bill, I have a list of almost uh, of 159 names and businesses. Uh, this was dated February 3rd, 2015, from A to Z, from Adhesive and Sealing Council to uh, Woodworking, Machinery, Industry Association. And all of these one hundred and fifty nine small businesses support this legislation, and I reserve the balance of my time. Uh, right? Mr. Speaker has been doing some research over the couple of days, and this administration alone has implemented over seventy-five thousand pages of news regulations. read some figures earlier on this morning that if we get rid of this ridiculous regulation and I'm not saying all regulation we do need oversight regulation almost a trillion dollars a year will be added to the economy and almost a million people will be added to work on a yearly basis this is just excellent stuff I want to give you an example from my district Pennsylvania's 10th district and I live in a little village called Cogan Station outside of Williamsport, home of Little League World Series Baseball. That, uh, I live in the middle of five farms. I've been there for 15 years. And I'll give you an example. Pursuant to the Navigable Waters Act, the Army Corps of Engineers and EPA have, have said that if it rains and a puddle forms on the farm. And in an attempt for this administration to get more control over our lives, because of the Navigable Waters Act, EPA and Army Corps have control now over that farm and can shut it down. Now, I've been there for 15 years in the middle of these five farms, and I have yet to see as much as a rowboat go through. So this is just an example of how ridiculous this legislation can get.
2: And there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Spotlight on Capitol Hill. My name is Lamont Banks, along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, and William Williams. And folks, if you don't have the energy right now, i tell you, energy's popping here at AJC Radio as we've had the opportunity to highlight a outstanding congressman, Congressman Tom Marino. Lisa, man, I'll tell you, I got a good feeling all over uh, in regards to Congressman Marino a man that is impacting the lives of every walk of life uh every situation there's
3: not too many places that Congressman Marino cannot identify with the american people no there's not he i mean he he's he's just about everybody he he could be every he's every he's every man he just understands every aspect of everyone he's able to just be understanding of every every situation. Well, I'll
2: tell you what, Lisa, Cliff William, with Congressman Moreno in office uh, on Capitol Hill as a as a congressman. I'll tell you what, I'm optimistic about 2016. Cliff, your thoughts about this uh this impact that Congressman Moreno is actually making across the nation right now.
4: You see his uh his just his concern about every every person. Look at look at uh, some of the acts that, that he dealt with. I mean, he has the uh, you know he he has the SNAP act where he he yeah. wants to extend the transparency of the SNAP. And for those who may not know, you know SNAP is the uh, the food stamp right um, you know act. And he is saying, look. We don't need to get because there's so many members in Congress saying we need to get rid of it. We just you know, right. food stamps are good. as that he's saying no? That's not what we need to do. Food stamps and the SNAP program help out every, people of every day of life. You're talking about military people right. who need help. You're talking about every person in every walk of life. And, and again, Congressman Marino understands that, but he's saying. This is a program that it needs to have transparency. It needs to be understood so that we can extend what needs to be extended and get rid of the fluff. And speaking of getting rid of the fluff, he has another act where he said it's a one subject at a time act. And I love this one One subject at a time, meaning you put in you put in an act, you put in a bill that you want to be law. Let it concern one thing. No more. No more bills that are just full of pork. you like, right. like, my bills for one thing, and then you have all these underlying things right. to try to get it passed. I think that's the most common sense thing sure. on on the books to say, let's deal with one issue at a time, sign off on it, and then go to the next one instead of adding pork to all these uh, bills in Congress.
2: No, no, absolutely. And,
4: and and folks, you
2: know, make no mistake about it. Uh, these are the things that change a nation. These are the things that Propel change, that demand change, if you will, uh, for what lies ahead for our children and our grandchildren, and generations to come. Uh, I think that the uh, the the passion that Congressman Marino has for, uh, and he made it he made it clear that when he decided to go, he had his children in mind. When he decided to make the run for Congress, he thought of his children, and he was a he was he said he he didn't like the direction the country was going. Uh, And he wanted to be there uh, and to be a part of of the solution, if you will, William, uh, to bring about these changes. We can talk all the time about what we can and cannot do. Congressman Reno stepped out in a situation uh, and and with his wife saying, go ahead and run. And he he, he didn't shy away from it. Uh, There are prices whenever you stand up to do the right thing, to do something, to make a change, to bring about change, to not only... Pennsylvania but to a nation uh, and he said the awesome responsibility and Lisa uh, and William and Cliff he spoke to when we were talking about prosecutors and not being accountable well he's a former prosecutor yep. and he is saying if you're there for a career or anything else you shouldn't be there that's right, that's that, right. because it's and he, and when he said that whoever the next president is the next president must know without a question without any doubt he said make sure you remember you are here to serve. That's right.
1: To you're servant.
2: Or the, you're served, a servant. servant to the
5: people. Yeah. How many politicians or presidential candidates think themselves as servants? Well, he, he – Very few. This guy is not the norm. Just period. Absolutely. He's not the norm. Like you said, I mean, he's a former district attorney. He's a former U.S. attorney. So now when you look at that, he's saying, hey – I have to be held accountable. Exactly. I am here to serve. These guys do not get these jobs and get these posts and just sit there and, and do nothing with it. You have a responsibility to the people that elected you. So the bottom line is put up or shut up. That's what his wife told him. You know, listen, you want to do something? Stop hollering at the TV. I mean, that's not going to do anything. You're going to have to throw your hat in the ring and do something about it. And now he's doing it. And, and. I mean, you just, you got to love this guy. You really got to love this guy. He is, he's there. He's willing to take on any fight. He's going to fight for the little man. He's going to fight for the common man. He's going to deal with, you know, any of the questions and concerns that we have, you know, and, and like you said, deal, I mean, Cliff brought that up, you know, deal with one issue. Don't bring a a bill to the floor that try to put all this stuff underneath it, like an umbrella. Deal with one issue and let's deal with that. And then we can move on to something else. That's what you got to love about it.
2: No, without question. And uh, it says here that as a member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, uh, the Committee on Homeland Security, and the Judiciary Committee on which he serves as chairman of the Subcommittee on Regulata- Regulatory Reform, Commercial, and Antitrust Law, Congressman Moreno has passed landmark bills. Uh, his legislation has benefited citizens in the 10th District and people around the country. Uh, it says here that Congressman Moreno has a reputation of getting things done. Uh, that's clear in the interview uh, that, he had on Cap- that, that he had in the interview he gave us. Uh, it says he is diligent in making sure questions and concerns never go unnoticed or overlooked. And I like this. He says he has a robust constituent service team that personally return calls, emails, letters, and social media posts from his constituents. This is a vital aspect of representing the district because it is one of the largest congressional districts in pennsylvania you're talking about getting down and getting personal with the folks that sent you to office he established a team to ensure the best in response to say look i'm in i'm here in congress but i haven't forgotten you i'm concerned about what you have to say that's right Is, is this lisa this is this is a rarity
3: yeah i think he's cut from a different mold than most of the others that you see out there
2: that's awesome and uh we talked about, again, him being a three-time cancer survivor, uh, proving time and time again that he is a fighter. Uh, and that's what you got to have on Capitol Hill. Yes, William.
5: I, I think this is one point that I, I really liked when I was reading this. It says, Tom supports across-the-board tax cuts, rain in spending, term limits for Congress, a strong and technologically superior national defense, single-issue legislative proposals like Clifford brought up, and congressional power over executive, fat. I mean, you know, when you really look at this guy, he is—he's—he's wow. he's about bringing it in. I mean, he wants to take our government, our, take our government and our country to the next level. He's really trying no, to absolutely. do that with the foundation. That's awesome, and uh, folks, uh, let's, give, let's give a shout out to Congressman
2: Tom Marino, his staff, uh, 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 Ryan. Uh, who I've been working with up there, Lisa. Yeah. Uh, what a joy and a pleasure to work with him, uh, a dedicated uh, uh, person uh, for the congressman. And yeah, uh, Congressman Marino, you couldn't have anybody better in that post uh, than Ryan has been a, 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 a true professional uh, in dealing with the just cause and uh, AJC Radio, and we appreciate all uh, that he has done. And we continue to build a relationship with Congressman uh, Marino and his staff there, as well as several members of Congress, as we continue the journey of spotlight on capitol hill tonight folks we say thank you and a sincere thank you and our prayers go out to his his family uh, uh the chloe uh and and the challenges that they face and and we are we are grateful and so grateful and honored to have had the opportunity uh, uh william to uh, to have him on this program and to take the time out of his schedule to to think of us and uh we we appreciate that ladies and gentlemen uh, join us here, here every Thursday night at uh, 6 p.m., uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, join us every Thursday for Spotlight on Capitol Hill, where we will continue to shine the light on members of Congress that are impacting a nation. On the other side of this break, we're coming back with what you didn't know about the IRP6. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of AJC Radio and a campaign that we have started that is underway entitled Spotlight on Capitol Hill. This program is new to AJC Radio, but it is an exciting time when we take a few moments every Thursday evening to highlight members of Congress, their initiatives that are not only important to them, their constituents, and the nation as a whole. We invite you every Thursday to tune in to AJC Radio to hear your congressman or your senator and their initiatives that are here to shape a nation and to bring about change. We invite you cordially, and as we fight for justice, as we seek justice daily, we'll come together as not only the American people. Join us every Thursday for Spotlight on Capitol Hill. God bless you, and as always... God bless America. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, My name is Lamont Banks. I'm along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, and William Williams, Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we ask the question uh, that needs to be answered, and we talk about the perpetrators of justice. We talk about those that have been responsible uh, for the wrongful conviction of the IRP-6. Uh, And I'll tell you right now, we will ask the questions. We will get the answers. But this segment is what you didn't know about the IRP-6. Story tonight we deal with an issue with Darlene Martinez. Is that correct, Lisa?
3: That is correct.
2: And she is the court reporter who is in violation of federal law and violation of the Court Reporters Act. Cliff, in this situation, uh, and I'm very familiar with court reporters and when they are told to or given a task uh, to give transcripts, any anything along those lines, um, they have a responsibility, but they become an independent contractor when they begin to take monies to deliver information. In the RP6 case, there was information she received payment for as far as providing the transcripts that have been missing in this case that showed the violation of law by
4: Federal Judge Christine
2: Arguello Tell the folks a little bit, Cliff, about exactly how that violation occurred.
4: Well, when you look at the Court Reporters Act and and everything that it entails and how it was laid out to say these are not only the responsibilities of the court reporters, but also the rights of the court reporters. Uh, In that act, the court reporters were given the right to become independent contractors because of their, uh, you know, basically the load that, that they were under to say, you know, people... Uh, rightfully so, are saying, "Hey, right after my case, look, I need to get my transcript for my case. Where is it?" So instead of them getting their government pay and say, uh, saying, "I'm only working, you know, nine to five and I can't get things right. done," they were allowed to become independent contractors. As independent contractors, they were able to contract with any client, right. have a check cut to them instead of cut to the court personally, cut to them personally okay. instead of cut to the to the court. Right. And then they would only receive their salary. They are allowed to get a check cut personally to them mm-hmm. to allow them to say, I can deliver this transcript to any individual that has a right to it. Right. I do that on an independent contract right. basis. Now, the that when it comes to that. Now your connection with the court has been severed.
2: That, absolutely. You are an
4: independent contractor. What you do on your own time, you are responsible. You are under contract with whatever whoever that individual or entity is that now you owe them. You're not doing this under your job as a court reporter as such for the for the court clerk's office. Absolutely. You now are an independent contractor. You sign the contract, the check is cut to you. You owe The person who cut you that check, services for that. Well, services
2: rendered is what that's for. And I'll tell you, folks, uh, this is violation of law. Uh, In this particular case, the state, the government of the United States, attempted to represent her. Is that correct, Cliff?
4: They didn't attempt. What happened, when she got sued, uh, Just Cause paid her for the transcript. In the IRP six case, say, hey, uh, we are, we want this transcript. We want to see what Judge Arguel said. She came back with all kind of excuses. But the the part that makes this so sickening, right. is when a just call sued Darlene Martinez in a civil court to say deliver to us what we paid you for. The federal government, the uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office, came to her rescue, and pulled her under the umbrella of you are now a federal employee and we will protect you. Since when does the federal government represent any uh independent any, contractor any independent contractor, any civilian in a court of law, now you have every uh every attorney, every dollar available to you that's available to the to the federal um, government. That is not law. She's an independent contractor. She was supposed to uh deliver basically take the brunt of it and say she didn't deliver. Now, either deliver or give the money back. Well, here's the, di- the And doing.
2: here's the difference, Cliff, William, Lisa. You cashed a check.
3: Exactly. There it
2: is. You bought your whatever you bought with it, uh, and, and you cashed it as if you worked for it. If there was a question that the transcript could not be delivered, then why did you cash the check ethically? If you couldn't deliver, the, the check should have been uh, at just cost, here is your money back. I cannot deliver that for whatever reason. That's called integrity,
5: ladies and gentlemen. But That's called ethics. But, see, this is the problem I have with all this. You robbed not only only a just cause, but the guys. You robbed the IRP6. Well, to that point, William, really quick, who are the IRP6?
2: David Banks, Gary Walker, Clinton Stewart, Demetrius Harper, Dave Zarpolo, and Kendrick Barnes. These are not fairy tale characters these are not fictitious characters these are real men real families, real lives that have been affected by the miscarriage of justice and it started from day one now we have Darlene Martinez suffering no uh, consequences if you take something over the amount of $500 according to law it is a felony
4: that's right she took $10,000. $10,
2: yes. Yeah. Where's the justice? Where is the prosecution? Ladies and gentlemen of America, the reason the prosecution is not there is for one reason. A cover-up. A conspiracy against the rp 6
4: A brokered deal.
2: This is a deal, folks. It is what it is. This isn't HBO. This isn't CNN. This isn't TBS. And
4: it's not a lifetime movie network. And it's
2: not lifetime, ladies and gentlemen. This is real things happening to a nation and to people. If they did it to the IRP6, who else has suffered at the hand of this corruption? These are perpetrators of justice, ladies and gentlemen. These are those that seek out their prey, if you will, to bring injustice to a nation,
5: to a people, to a family. But you know, I'm sitting here and, I, and I'm trying to hold on to this. But this is the whole point. This is this is the thing that's really killing me. Okay, she was paid. She was paid to do a job that she didn't do. She didn't capture the information that she should, that she should have, which would have exonerated the guys. This is a business deal. This is a business deal. She reaps from both sides. She's just. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking about this, and I'm sitting here thinking what. You know, if you buy the services of a court reporter, you buy the story. You buy the story. You can, you can choose. You know, you're buying this. What is in there? What's not there? And then when now it's time to actually say, you know, produce it. Produce the information. Produce what was there, what was said.
0: Well,
2: William, the bottom line is it's not going to be produced because there are too many skeletons in the closet. There are too many things that unravel here, and if you open that can, you're going to have a mess everywhere. But I'll tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, say that, William, I'm sorry.
5: It's a mess now.
2: But I'll tell you right now, we will seek justice for the R.P. We'll say their names again. David Banks, Gary Walker, Clinton Stewart, Demetrius Harper, Dave Zappolo, Kendrick Barnes, who sought out on a mission to... Embrace the entrepreneur spirit of America that sought to seek and keep America safe through software uh, innovation. These men have been wrongfully convicted, sitting in federal prison for three and a half years unjustly. And I'll tell you right now, AJC Radio will continue to ask the tough questions. We will seek the answers. Go to AJCRadio.com. Go to a uh, as well, dot, uh, justcause.org. This is justcause.com.
4: A dash justcause.com.
2: A dash justcause.com. Go there as well for the uh, for further information on the RP6. You can also go to freetherp6.org. Uh, that information is there, folks. It is high time in America that we not sit back and allow the miscarriage of justice to continue. Six men and their families, their lives have been affected. In a dramatic way who's going to hold the, who's going to light the torch and who will carry the message A j c radio sets out on that journey as we seek justice for the r p six
4: I want to say thank you to everyone in the chat room. We appreciate all your comments and your questions. To our production team, Captain Kyle and Dustin Jackson of k and Productions, helping out Il Skillers' girl in the control room to make sure you hear what we have to say. Also, I want to say thank you to our production support team. They give us the accurate and up-to-date information so that we can pass that on to you. And to the truth, we know you're out there. We appreciate it. And make no mistake
2: about it, before we close this program tonight, the perpetrators of justice, they have names.
3: Lisa, who are they? They are U.S. Attorney John Walsh. Assistant U.S. Attorney Matthew Kirsch. Assistant U.S. Attorney Sunita Hazra, Attorney Greg Goldberg. Federal Judge Christine Arguello. Appellate Judge Jerome Holmes. Appellate Judge Bobby Baldock. Appellate Judge Harris Harp. Federal Judge R. Brooke Jackson. Magistrate Judge Craig Schaefer. Court Reporter Darlene Martinez. FBI Agent John Smith. FBI Agent Robert Mowen. Former Federal Agent John Epke. Former federal agent Gary Hilberry, attorney Thomas Goodreed, attorney Clifford Barnard, attorney Thomas Richard, attorney Robert Berger, attorney Mitchell Baker, attorney Boston Staten Jr., attorney Rick Cornfeld, attorney Mark Garrigo, Susan Holland of ETI Professional, and Samuel K. Thurman.
2: And thank you for that, Lisa. These are the names you just heard, ladies and gentlemen, are perpetrators of justice. They are carriers of injustice. Uh, Know their names and know them well. Join us every week here, every Tuesday and Thursday evening at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio. You can go to ajcradio.com. Also find our programming on live365.com. Also the Progressive Radio Network, PRN, Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Also on 405 Media, and that's on demand as well as iTunes as well. And continue to go out there and research the R.P. 6 story. Folks, it is compelling. It is informative, and it definitely should cause you to be outraged at the injustice that is running rampant in this nation. And we appreciate uh, the folks for joining us tonight. We also want to take a very uh, a special moment to thank Congressman Tom Marino uh, for allowing us again to interview him uh, for sharing in his story, Lisa, uh, on this program. What a outstanding. Uh, gentlemen, that's making some differences across this country, yes. and we appreciate that. Also, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, uh, and I'll tell you what, you can go to again the website www.a justcalls.com, also www.freevirp6.org, and www.ajcradio.com, and we appreciate that. And, folks, we will continue to seek justice. Uh, and bring the message of justice all around the world. And join us next Tuesday as we remember the life of Dr. Martin Luther King. Where are we today as a nation, as a people, as justice again? And the vision of Dr. King hangs in the balance. And it is is questionable whether we have arrived. It is very clear we have not. Join us. That's going to be a very, very special program as we take a look at today's events, things that happened in our world, and what happened back then, and how they parallel each other. Join us next Tuesday, six PM Mountain Standard Time. We'll see you next time on AJC Radio for myself, Lamont Banks, Cliff Stewart, Lisa Stewart, and William Williams and the AJC radio team. Good night. We'll see you next time. Good night.
5: Good night.
0: You solemnly swear that you will support and defend the
1: Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that you will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. That you will take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that you will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which you are about to enter so help you God. Congratulations,
0: you're now members of the 100. hundred, one hundred, one
1: hundred. I'm certainly not going to be three and a half minutes at this point, and I had some notes, but that's what I usually do when I get up, the notes go away and I try and speak from the heart. I've been watching this and it's very frustrating and first let me say there's no one that should go without health insurance I have a daughter who has a disease for which there's no cure none whatsoever she will be lucky to live to her late twenties so it's critically important that there be a method by which to get some help to pay for treatment not only for her but for every child out there and every human being but aside from that I go to the gym every morning at about 6 o'clock, and I work out with my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, and on my side of the aisle. The camaraderie is extraordinary. We joke with each other, we help each other in the weight room, we spot each other, we talk about our families, we even talk about politics, but it's civil. And I would really like to see the whole floor, see how we operate, and the American people to see how we communicate with one another in that gym in the morning. And I'm asking that every person be civil. We've been called, Republicans have been called Nazis, terrorists, people that don't want to take care of children and seniors, and that's wrong. We can have ideals, we can have a belief, but we need to be civil about it. And we need to give an example and show an example to the American people that we're adults, that we can have different views, and that's what a democracy is about. We don't have to make it personal. We don't have to grandize it to get attention to call names. So I'm saying to my colleagues, I'm reaching across. I have not done that. I will not do it. I will criticize my colleagues if they do it. But let's use this moment to show to the American people that we can have a dialogue, we can have arguments, but to keep it civil because when the dust is settled America is going to be better for it and Congress is going to be much better for it.